Oh God, you cradle us at the beginning of life and embrace us at our journey's end. For you love us as your own. Bind our families together and deepen our faith that like the holy family of Nazareth, we may grow in wisdom, obedient to your word. We ask this through Jesus Christ, your word made flesh, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, in the splendor of eternal light, God, forever and ever. God promised Abram that he would be the father of a great nation. Despite having to wait for this promise to be fulfilled, Abraham put his trust in God. Is this a typo, or did Abram get renamed Abraham? A reading from the book of Genesis. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, and a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. The Lord brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord. And the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sari, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. 
Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the following passage, St. Paul's exhortion to the Christians at Colossae would strengthen the life of the family and the church community as well. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Mm -hmm. clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought the child Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Christ the Lord. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, 
This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left a temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child, to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Good morning and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. On this Sunday, the Feast of the Holy Family, we honor the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And in honoring their family, we also honor all families, big or small. And in honoring all families, we honor the family of God. This liturgical feast, which celebrates the Holy Family, was first introduced in the 17th century. And when it was introduced, the purpose was to present the Holy Family as a model for all Christian families to embrace. However, many found the notion of imitating the Holy Family in their own families as a challenge too great to achieve, thinking, how could we ever achieve the level of faith and love that Mary and Joseph embraced. It is easy for us to forget that the holy family of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus was a real family. But they were real human beings, just like us. And they lived in the real world, just like us. Often, when we think of the holy family, they are portrayed as the perfect family, and we think that they had a smooth, untroubled existence, unlike us in our own troubled times. The family home of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph would have been in numerous ways just like any other home. They would have related together, talked together, had fun together, occasionally disagreed with each other, worked together, eaten together, dealt with problems together, and encountered everything else that makes up daily family life. More than a few times, their patience and their love was probably tested. This was a family, after all, in which Joseph had planned to divorce Mary, a family in which the young son, during a trip to the big city, disappeared without telling anyone a family which that same son, when grown, had some sharp words for his mother at a big wedding down the road in Cana, and a family suffering death when their son died on the cross. 
What was it that kept the Holy Family together, insane throughout all these trials and crosses? The answer is simple. It's love for each other and love for God. Through it, this was a family that loved and prayed and trusted. At one time or another, every one of them, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, actively surrendered themselves to the will of God. But how do we become a holy family in our times? In August 1999, an article was published in Reader's Digest commenting on the difficulties of parents. In the course of the article, the author remarked that she still remembers a piece of advice she heard some years earlier which continues to inspire her to give her best to her children. The advice was given by Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa had given a speech about her work with the sick and the dying and the orphans in India. Afterwards, a member of the audience, who seemingly wanted to assist Mother Teresa in her great work, asked, Mother Teresa, you have done so much to make the world a better place what can we do? Mother Teresa smiled and simply said, love your children. Not pleased with her answer, the questionnaire was about to speak again when Mother Teresa continued, there are other things you can do, but that is the best. Love your children. Love your children as much as you can. That is the best. Not only is this beautiful and inspiring advice for parents, but it's for all of us, because we are all called to love. But how do we love in our families today? During this pandemic, as we form family bubbles, rather than seeing this as something negative, we can see it as a wonderful opportunity to spend some quality time together with those you love. We can do things such as praying together, sitting down together and talking with each other, having extended meals together and perhaps preparing those meals together, playing board games by being patient and forgiving with each other and whatever else you do together as a family. If our family isn't physically together, what about having a regular family Zoom to get together? Perhaps a silver lining in this pandemic is that it is teaching us to spend more time together, more quality time together. And spending time together is a way of showing our family how much we truly love them. The Feast of the Holy Family brings with it an invitation to celebrate and embrace our family. In the Synoptic Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, we hear Jesus tell us that his family is everyone who does the will of his Father. Our definition of family just does not need to mean nuclear or biological family. It means our family of friends, our family here at Good Shepherd, our family of our Arise groups, our family of our Bible studies group, our family of the men at prayer group, 
in whatever other groups you truly belong to. During this pandemic, our families are needed now more than ever. Our family truly needs to be a safe haven in this time of doubt and fear. Our family truly needs to be a place where the pain of isolation and loneliness can be healed. Our family truly needs to be a place where we can, if only for a brief few moments, place all these pandemic things aside and simply be with each other. Our family truly needs to be a place where we do not allow political differences to pull us apart. Our family truly needs to be a place where we find Jesus Christ at its center. A holy family is doing the everyday with a sacred attitude. When we find ourselves overwhelmed, we need to remember where we look today and remember to look toward the crash. There is our model for living and loving, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. But we need to see them in full, remembering the closeness of their cross. That was their life, and it's our life too. Yet through all their hardships, in a time of anxiety and difficulty, persecution and tragedy, a time very much like our own during this pandemic, they showed us how to be a people of faith, people of forgiveness, and people of love. They showed us, in other words, how to be a holy family. Father, help us to live as the holy family, united in respect and love. Bring us to the joy and peace of your eternal home. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.